And one of the things you get aligned for is so you can grow healthy and strong. So this year, he's been speaking to us the word growth. And uh, growing means that things won't look the same in 2017 as they look right now. Does, that, does everybody understand that? So, so if you're one of those people that, that like things exactly the way they are and don't ever want any change, this is going to be a rough year for you. But for everybody else, uh, we are going to be excited because God is going to change some things. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. The elders and I have been praying it through. The leadership team has been talking about it. Uh, there, there may be new spaces, new places, new times. I don't know what everything is going to look like. But we are not going to look the same in 2017 because this is a year of growth that God is doing in our midst. And if you've been around us for any length of time, uh, you know that New Life Fellowship is a diverse, supernatural community helping people encounter Jesus. That's why we exist. We exist so that people will come into a relationship with Jesus, that it will be real and vibrant. He won't just be a person that they've heard about or a story in a book, but he will be living and active inside of them. And he's going to grow us in every one of those ways this year. I believe that with all my heart that we will be more diverse. Uh, we will see more supernatural activity and we will experience a new depth in the community that we have one with another this year. So how many of you are up for that? That, that sounds good to me. I hope it sounds good to you. Uh, one of the key verses we've been going with in this series is Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. Maybe you know God has goals. He, he is accomplishing some things that he has planned, and one of his goals is for us to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to grow. Man, did you mean that? Like, look, look at somebody else and say it like you mean it this time. Like, if you were really believing it and saying it, I'm going to grow this year. And, and this is something that's amazing because I don't care if, if you've been walking with Jesus for five minutes or if you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years, we all need to grow. There, there is something, Ephesians talks, it goes on in that chapter in Ephesians 4 to talk about us growing up into the head. He is already perfect, but we are his body and we are all growing individually and together until we look exactly like Jesus. And that is a, that is a danger, I think, sometimes. If, like, come on, I, I got saved. I prayed the prayer on my mom and dad's couch when I was five. Okay, so I, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time now, longer than... It's, it's one of those moments when you're growing up that you always see older people like they're talking and then you get here and you're like, oh, that's what that feels like. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time now and I know that I still have growing to do. There, there is something in me that I see things that I'm like, man, that test came again and I didn't act like Jesus. I need to grow. So that, that should be a goal for all of us. We've never really arrived. We all have growing to do. So I'm trusting that as we're talking about New Life Fellowship growing as a church this year, you are also asking God, what are you growing me in? Yeah. Well, I don't want to look the same in 2017 as I do right now. And that may be different things for you, maybe how you treat people, maybe losing a little bit of weight, maybe I don't know what your relationships are, but there is something that should we should want it to be different in our lives. We should want to be more mature and grow closer. And, uh, you know, for people that have been saved a long time, you know, all of heaven rejoiced when you got born again. But it really gets exciting and interesting when we grow up. Because we begin to look more like Jesus and we begin to do the things that Jesus did while he was here on the earth. Like it's exciting that, oh, somebody got snatched out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, salvation, heaven rejoices. But when you grow up and it really starts shaking the enemy's kingdom, when you really begin to realize 
oh, this is who he's called me to be. These promises are from, I can walk in this stuff. Man, it gets exciting then. You thought it was a party when you got saved. Imagine what heaven's doing when you're shaking the kingdom of darkness. So uh, just a quick recap of what we've talked about so far in this series. Uh, growth essentially means to increase and to become mature. So there, there is something that we're shooting for as a church. We believe there are seasons in church life where you begin to be more mature. Your, your church even goes through growth, growth cycles. But we do that as individuals. We grow and we become more mature in things. Uh, growth involves change, and it should be a given that we all want to grow. If, if we've ever met somebody or we've ever been through a season in our life where we didn't want to change, we didn't want to grow, hopefully God moved you out of that pretty quickly. And there's something that should be inside of us that I want to grow. We want that for our kids. Our kids want it for themselves. We should want it for us too. And then we talked about, uh, the, the first week we talked about two types of growth that happened to all of us. Unintentional and intentional growth. If you missed one of these series messages, go back and listen online. Uh, unintentional growth can be fun. It can also be painful, but we grow out of the process. Uh, then we spent a little time talking about what does intentional growth look like? Here's, here are the foundations of intentional growth. Jesus's words, the most important thing you could read in this book is it is what gives you spirit and life and truth. It get it inside of you. It's the words they said to Jesus, your words are the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? Jesus' words should be a foundation for us to grow. Uh, We also talked about forgiveness being very important. And then uh, we also talked about planting and putting down roots. That is part of growing when we get somewhere. Specifically, we talked about the context of a local church where we find a place to put down roots, not just being an attender, but actually having our lives intertwine with the other lives of the people in the church around us. How many of you know we, we gave the example, it's, you can't ever just pluck out one blade of grass. Why is that? It's so hard to just grab one piece and pull it out, the whole root and everything, because it grows together with the other blades of grass. There's, there's safety in that. There's connectedness. So we talked about putting down roots, and I actually gave this quote uh, from Stephen Furtick. He said, some of you have never known the joy of belonging to a church because you've never embraced the sacrifice of staying in one. And when we said that, instead of saying amen, we all said, ouch. It's true, though. There, there is a joy that comes with church life, and it goes beyond just, hey, we feel good on a Sunday morning and everybody smiled at us. There's a joy and depth of community and life that we find in church if we are willing to sacrifice to stay. It is, and it is very similar to the same joy that you find in a marriage relationship. How many of you know marriage isn't always wonderful? All the, the, the women are like nodding their heads and the guys are like looking over there. Should I raise my hand? Is that gonna, am I going to get whacked for that one? Marriage is hard sometimes, but the benefits outweigh the cost of what we go through when we work out the relationship, when we choose to stay, when we choose to work through things, when we choose to go to those places. It's like, man, I don't I didn't sign up for this and it's really hard, but I see the benefit. And when we choose to go through those places, marriage can be one of the most rewarding things you've ever experienced in your life. It's the same thing in church. There can be relationships that it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this when I, when I took the members class or filled out that card to, to, for my visitor information. Like, we don't think about those things, but sometimes we get in context of relationship with people and it's like, oh, this isn't comfortable. Or they, they rub me the wrong way, but the joy of what we find in community outweighs that discomfort. And God's called us to work through it. Uh, So putting down roots, uh, we had some people recently go through the new members class. So we're going to receive some members this morning. Uh, If if the people that took the class are coming, Beatrice and Gilbert and Zach, uh, where did Carlos go and Ray? 
All right, all right. Uh, because... <laughs> and I, I wanted to do this during the, during the sermon, during the time of talking about growth, because we were talking about people putting down roots. And so here, here are some people that they've come and they've chosen. This is the place where I want to plant and put down roots because I want to grow and I want to experience the joy of being in community with people. Um, so I'm going to have Pam and the elders come up with me, too, while we're doing this. But this is a question for all of you guys. Uh, have you been born again? Yes, everybody got it right. Yes. We talked about this beforehand in class, so we're going to make sure everybody knew the answers when they got up there. Uh, have you been or are you willing to be baptized in accordance with Scripture? Yes. And uh, for those of you that are wondering, we have water baptism scheduled for Palm Sunday. So just a few weeks from now in March. So if you need to do that, there is going to be an opportunity very soon. Uh, will you support this fellowship with your prayers, your finances, and your attendance? Yes. And they, they got the answer. Like they got cheat cards or something. Uh, will you submit to your fellow believers in the fear of God, esteeming others better than yourself? Yes. And do you recognize the authority of the elders that God has placed in this fellowship to provide oversight, instruction, and discipline to the flock? Yes. All right. That's cool. Those were the right answers. Uh, so what we're going to do now, Steve and, and Pam... And Steve is somewhere with the kids, so they're on the, on the case to get them. Uh, what we do to receive people into membership, we pray and bless them. Because yeah. uh, what's happening, uh, when you join and become part of the family, uh, I believe that the, the blessings that God has poured out upon New Life Fellowship, the, the, the way he covers us, the way he watches over us, that blessing extends over the people right. that we receive into that's membership. Right. So uh, that's why it's important, I think, to have the elders come and the pastors to pray and to just bless. And this is not just us doing it. Right. This, this is not just yeah. observation time. If you are a member here of this house, this is activity time. Like You should be yeah. praying also and actively extending your faith to say, Lord, we receive them in just the same way I would open my door and receive somebody into my home into my family that's that's what i'm picturing doing right now so let's just pray for them real quick father we thank you right now thank you for zach thank you for gilbert and beatrice lord i thank you for carlos and ray and god we bless them right now everything that you've poured out on new life fellowship lord uh spirit soul and body all kinds of the physical blessings the spiritual blessings whatever they are lord we ask that you would release them over these people right now, that you would bless them with everything that is found in Lord Jesus, <laughs> all the riches of Christ that you talk about pouring out on our behalf. We bless them with those things, everything good that we've ever received from you, Lord God, we extend to them as well right now. God, we thank you that they are covered by the blood of Jesus, that you watch over them in every area of their lives, Lord God, that you give them wisdom and understanding uh, that you've found a place, Lord God, we think about in Psalms where it talks about you take the lonely And you set them into families. We thank you, Lord God, that you have brought them to a place of family where they can be set in, where they can be connected to the body in such a way that life flows, that life flows to them, Lord God. We honor you for the work that you're doing in their lives. And we thank you for the growth that's coming to New Life Fellowship. And God, we say right now, we receive them into your family here. We receive them as gifts that you have sent to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. So, can we just welcome them and receive them in the family? Good to have you part of the family. Yeah. 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 Bless you, man.
Demetrius. Awesome. All right. Gilbert, love you, man. Awesome. Yippee. Thank you. Zach. Bless you, ma'am. Bless you. All right. I got to give hugs because I happen to be up here. You guys can give hugs after service this, today. And if you don't know any of them, you need to get to know them. Uh, amazing stories, interesting people, uh, fantastic additions to the family. And uh, if, if you, if you want to hear their story, a great time to hear their story would be over lunch today if you take them out. So uh, thank you, guys. Let's welcome them one more time. You can be seated. Blessings, blessings on you. All right, so thank you, everybody, for just being patient and helping us with family business today. So now I'm going to go fast to finish our message today. Uh, so today, uh, to finish up the series next week, we'll talk about some more things about personal and church growth. But today, I want to give you three practical steps to growing this year, uh, three things that we all can do. Last week was kind of foundational things. Today are some real practical steps. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, it's not rocket science. I'm, I'm just prepping you ahead of time that, that they may seem simple, but they are profound biblical truths that will help you grow. Number one that I want to tell you today, a practical step to growing is own it. There, there is something about we, we all do what we feel ownership for, don't we? If, if, if you own it and it's important to you, do you know what? It gets done. It gets done well and it gets done timely. I, I got home one day a couple of weeks ago. Pam was like, hey, we got this important thing going on. I need you to be home at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, okay, 6 o'clock. So what do I do? I'm over here at the church. When do I leave? <laughs> and for our guests, like everybody knows me too well. Uh, honestly, I left a little bit early because I'm thinking I'll get home around 6. I pull in at like 10 after 6. Do you know what? 10 after 6 was not 6, was it? And, and Pam was like, man, I needed you home at 6. And I start making excuses. And Pam reminds me, if it was important, you'd find a way. Because there are other things that are important to me that I own that I'm on time for. And when we own it, if we own it and it's important, it will get done. It will get done well and it will get done timely. And, and that's not that's everyday life. You know, I've, I've talked with guys that are coming out of addiction. You know, they, they've been in a recovery group. And you know what the number one thing for success coming out of recovery and, and in coming out of addiction is when you own it. I, I, I meet these guys that they're like, you know, when it was somebody else's fault that I lost my job and I lost my house, I go right back into that same lifestyle. But the moment I said, you know what, I'm the reason that. I started doing drugs. I'm the reason that I started losing my job. I stopped showing up for work three days a week because I was high. And when I lost my job, I lost my house. I lo- it was when they owned it, they were on the road to success. And it's the same thing for growth. If we own it and it's important to us, it'll get done this year. There is, there is something about holding on to it and owning it. And here's a verse for you. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 uh, this is what Paul said to the church in Philippi. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Whose salvation is it? Mine. It's mine. Yeah. Paul says, you've been given this salvation. You continue to work it out. He wants us to take ownership of what we've been given. It came from the Lord, 
It, it is salvation that came from the cross of Jesus, but it has been given to us to work it out in our lives. There's, there's one translation, uh, the Woosh translation actually says, carry it out to its ultimate conclusion. You've been given a gift of salvation. Now Paul's saying you need to take that and work it into your life so that your life begins to look like what Jesus gave you. Because we have to own it. And, and this, may be, this may be a shocking statement for some of you. Are you ready? You ready to be shocked? And I'm going to say it. My mom gets nervous when I say something like that. But I'll say it and you may be like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. Here's, here's a statement for you. I am not responsible for your growth. Did you ever think about that? How many people have you ever met in church? Oh, that church, I wasn't being fed there. Come on. Has anybody ever heard somebody say that? You don't have, I was going to say, if you've ever said it, raise your hand, but I'm not going to go there this morning. Come on. That is a cop out for not owning your own growth. I, I may be responsible for being a shepherd, for leading you into a safe place, for putting food out on the table, but it is the sheep's responsibility to open their mouth and eat. And if, if we stay in a place where we think somebody else is responsible for us to grow, we will be victims for the rest of our life. And, and we'll still, we'll, we'll be like that verse we read a couple weeks ago where Paul's telling them, you're acting like babies. I wanted to give you meat by now, but you still need milk because you're not growing up. We need to own it. And I'm not, I'm not preaching to just you guys. I'm preaching to me too. There, there is, there are things that we do to own our growth. And it may be great. You may come to church on Sundays. You may come Wednesdays. I don't know when. You may be in a small group where you hear stuff and you're like, oh, that's really good. But it's you deciding, I'm going to own that. And, and work that into my life, just like Paul talked about working out my salvation until I grow and look just like Jesus. <laughs> Don't be a victim. You know, come on. That's, that's like the oldest thing in the book. You know, God, this woman you gave me, it's her fault that I did that. And guys, if you use that, I'm going to whack you. Like, <laughs> Don't ever say that. Come on. It is a cop out. Adam was Adam was passing the buck because that's part of human nature. I didn't want to take ownership. So, God, it's this woman you gave me. Can we just stop it? That's I don't know how else to say that and be polite. Just stop it. Like, let's own the stuff that's going on in our lives. And if we are talking about this being a year of growth and if you bought into that, you already should know, God, where are you wanting me to grow this year? Like just because just because we've been talking about it at church, there should be something stirred inside of each one of us to get before God, whether we got to get on our face or get our nose in the word and say, God, here's me. Where do you want to grow me this year? Because what's going to be exciting is New Life Fellowship will grow if each one of us chooses to do that. It will happen. If, if each one of us engages the Lord and personally decides to grow, New Life Fellowship will grow also. <laughs> Here, here's a verse, too. I'll read this one for you. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. You all know this. You've learned it in Sunday school from little kids. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you ever think, why would he put that in the list with like, you know, think about the people you want to be around. Oh, they're kind, they're gentle, they're good, they're loving. And he puts self-control in there. Why did he put that in there? Because he wants us to own some things. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is he actually develops the ability in us to make good choices. To make choices that look just like Jesus. He grows us. That fruit doesn't pop out as soon as you're born again, though, does it? 
How many of you know it's, it's like a process? When you get born again, you get fruit seeds given to you in your life. And we get to make choices to water those seeds, to nurture them, to cause them to grow within us because he gives us self-control. And that ability comes from the Holy Spirit, which kind of leads to my second point today. How many of you have ever had someone encourage you to grow simply by saying, well, you just need to read the Bible and pray more? Come on. Maybe it's maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever heard that advice from somebody. But it's like we think it's this pat answer, like it's this magic formula, like, hey, you just need to pray and read the Bible and you'll grow. Come on. I think we owe the world more than a pat answer. How does that work? What does that look like? Well, here's the secret. Part of reading the Bible and praying, the result that God is wanting to work in us is to be led by the Holy Spirit. That is what he's actually after. And he he's excited when we when we love the word, when we're in it. But you know what? More than just memorizing a bunch of addresses where the verse can be found and getting a getting a candy bar in Sunday school (laughs) Like more than that, what he's after by us reading this book is so that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and he can direct our life. When we aren't being led by the Spirit, we make some really bad decisions, don't we? There were some stories. I just picked one out of the Old Testament because it was pretty crazy. In the Old Testament, everybody say, thank God for the new covenant. Thank God for the new covenant. In the Old Testament, you had to actually go see the priest to hear what God was saying. And and you'd go there and you'd say, here's our request. And then the priest would go in and he'd put it before the Lord and he'd come back out and he'd say, here's what God's wanting you to do. Thank God for the new covenant because he put his spirit inside of us where we don't have to go to the priest anymore. But it's. But back then, here's one story. If you remember, you can go read this later because I'm not going to give you the whole story now. But in Joshua chapter 9, just one example of not being led by the Spirit and making bad decisions. There was a group of people called the Gibeonites. And they were living in the land that Israel had been told to go in and possess. God was like, you go in there, drive everybody out, and you live in the land. Sounds, sounds like God was pretty clear and specific about his directions. Don't make agreements with them. Get, just push them all out, and this is the land I've given you. Well, in Joshua chapter 9, there's this group of people called the Gibeonites, and what they did is they had a whole caravan of camels, and they had all these supplies, and they made everything look old. They like tore their packs, and they made it look dusty. They actually took moldy bread, it says. They, it made their, made their food supply look like they'd been on this journey for you know, months and miles. And so they came to see the Israelites, and they said, We're from far away, and we heard about the fame of God. So we want to come and meet with you so that we could know this God also. Please make an agreement with us to be our friends and to bless us. And what did the Israelites do? If you ever read the story, it says, go ahead, put that, there it is. The men of Israel sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. When we don't be led by the Spirit, we make bad decisions. When we only look at what's going on in the natural, we make bad decisions. And it says they they looked at all the moldy bread. They looked at their worn out gear and, and they said, okay, you guys must be from far away. We'll make a covenant with you not to harm you, but to bless you. And then it says like three days later, they found out these guys are actually our neighbors. Uh Oh, you know, we shouldn't have done that. But they had already made the agreement and they had to honor it. And God, he wasn't really excited about the, the result because they just acted in the natural and they didn't inquire of the Lord. 
And that's what I mean by being led by the Spirit. There are things that God wants to be involved and give input in our lives. And too many of us, we go around just looking at the natural. Oh, well, here's what this circumstance looks like. And, and I'm not against, like, hey, I'm making a pro and con list to take a new job or to move or something. But God really wants to be involved in the process so that we don't make bad decisions. And, and there may be times where he's, he's not given one or the other, and he may be just thinking, hey, just pick one. I'll be with you wherever you go. But there are times when he says, no, go this way. And things will really work out better for you. And if we want to grow, we need to work on refining our ability to hear his voice. Come on, through all the, through all the New Testament, and, and I just picked a couple out for you. Jesus was referred to over and over again as doing things by the Spirit or being led by the Spirit. How many of you remember, what's one of the most famous times it says Jesus was led by the Spirit? Into the desert. Like, don't get nervous if you think, oh, I'm going to give this Spirit-led thing a try, and then you get into a really hard situation. Sometimes God may lead you into a desert season, but He's still with you, and He still wants you to be listening to His voice to direct you through it. How many of you remember the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? Do you know how that story started? Acts chapter 8, it says, The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot. Come on. He was listening for the voice. He was listening to be led by the Spirit. You know, there, there's no chapter and verse in the Old Testament, because that's all they had when they were in the book of Acts. They only had the Old Testament. There's no chapter and verse that told Paul where to go on missions trips. He just knew, man, I had this encounter with Jesus. He said, start going and sharing the good news. And there were times when it says over and over, go read through the life of Paul. I'm not making this up for you this morning. It's Paul over and over. He said, the spirit commanded us to go here. The spirit told us to go do this. One time, even the spirit told them, don't go that way. Like, like they were on this mission. We're going to share the gospel with the entire world. And the Holy Spirit actually said, don't go there right now. I want you to go this other direction. Well, why did that happen? Because they cultivated being led by the Spirit. There's no chapter and verse that says where you should live, work, worship, who you should marry. Come on. I've, I've read this thing several times. I still can't find my name in there anywhere. Is, is anybody else, have you found, like, like, does it say Dylan Stevens, you need to live at this address? Well, how do we know what to do in life then? You know, because we always talk about, oh, you want to grow, you want to make good decisions. Read the Bible and pray. Reading the Bible and praying helps you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that you can make those decisions. And, and come on, I'm, I'm not, dis- please don't hear that wrong. I am not discounting. Everybody look at somebody and say, he didn't say don't read the Bible. <laughs> You'd be amazed what some people hear when you talk. And it's like, that's not at all what I said. The reason we read this book is so that we recognize the voice when we hear it. Because if, if you don't know this book, like you can, you can have a very real desire to cultivate hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so you start listening and you think, all right, well, I heard this. I'm just going to go do it. Well, if you don't know this book and you haven't been recognizing the voice, you could be in trouble. I mean, that... We're going to talk about community in April. It's, it's on the docket to do a series. But that is also one of the reasons there is safety in being planted in a family. So that other people who are mature and have been walking with God a long time, if you come and say, hey, God, God, told, me to, God told me to quit my job and go swim in the Mon River every day until somebody pays me money. Like, somebody would be like, that's not God. Like, I don't, I don't think that's his will for your life because mature believers will tell you that. 
But that is part of, we know, the more that we know his character and we find him in this book, the more we recognize, oh, that really sounds like him. Oh, you know, I go into a situation and, and I, hear, I hear this urge or I hear something or I feel this prompting in my heart and I know this is the Holy Spirit talking to me because I know this lines up with his nature and his character like I've seen in his word. Come on. We need to be people that are led by the Spirit. But here's, here's the warning, because if the early church was led by the Spirit, why should we be any different? Come on, if, if that was their whole, their whole life was the Holy Spirit told us to do this, told us this and that, why are we any different? Why are we exempt from that? We need to be hearing the voice of the Spirit. But here's the warning. Please don't be flaky. Do you know what I mean by that? Because there are some people, nobody in this room, but there are people in other places that they've, they've used this, the, the phrase of God told me to or the Holy Spirit. They've used that phrase to justify acting like whatever they want to do and whatever they want to act like. And it's usually not very godly, is it? Or, or, or they, they want to end the argument with you. You know, you're, you're, you're having this discussion with them about, well, I think this is really important and you should do this. And they, they pull out the, well, God told me. Yeah, and it's like... Oh, what do you say to that? Like, you know, am I, am I going to like challenge them on, well, you know, God talks to me, but he didn't tell you that. Yeah. Come on. People get flaky about hearing the voice of the spirit. But just because people get flaky and they've done some really crazy, ungodly things in the name of hearing the voice of the spirit, just because they've acted like that doesn't mean that we exclude it from our lives. Come on, the, the cliche is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? The, just because there have been horrible things done in the name of Jesus over the centuries doesn't mean that we walk away from Christianity. We need to find out what he's like and cultivate hearing his voice in our lives. And I'm just going to give you a, a couple uh, verses about being spirit-led. Recognizing his voice, that's part of what we grow in. And the more we hear that, the more we'll grow. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 4, it says, So now... Every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live. Everybody say free to live. Free to live. Isn't that an awesome thing God did for us? He says, and we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we do ourselves a disservice sometimes thinking that we've, we've simply asked Jesus to come into our life like a house guest. You know, have you ever pictured that? It's like, oh, he stands at the door and knocks. So I opened the door to him and I said, Jesus, come in and you sit here on the couch while I'm running the rest of my household. Come on, don't don't some people relegate Jesus to the couch like that. And instead of that, what he's wanting to do is to fill our whole life. And, you know, the reality of what happened, the transaction that happened at your salvation when you got born again was not that I just, oh, Jesus, come in and have a seat there over there. The reality is. He's now living his life in and through me. He fills me with his spirit to such a degree that it is it should be the same as him walking around on this earth. He is living. The verse says he is living his life through us. Well, how does how does he make his desires known? You know, I we, we all do this. If you're a parent, you've done this with a kid. You, you've ever heard the term living vicariously, right? You, that, that simply means like, hey, I see somebody else doing what I'd like to do, so I get enjoyment through their life. It's more than that with Jesus. Sometimes we think, we, we picture that like, oh, he's just enjoying, he's actually living his life in us. 
You know, where we as parents were like, oh, I watch Silas play soccer or or run cross country. And I'm like so proud. I'm excited. And I I get joy out of that. But it's not the same as if I were actually inside of him running down that trail. And that's what Jesus is doing in us. Because because if I'm living my life through Silas, I have to keep telling him this is what I want. This is how I would act. Well, how does Jesus make his desires known to us? How does, how does he keep telling us, this is what I want, and I want to live my life through you, this is what I desire? By speaking through the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to be Spirit-led, because he wants to live his life through us. Romans 8.5 goes on and says this, Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. That's the category we don't want to be in. This selfish, ah. Oh. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. And it says this in verse 6, For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. God always, always, always is for life. He always wants to save us from the pain and the death that comes through living selfishly and through falling after sin. And one of the ways He does that is by putting His Spirit inside of us to enable us to embrace life. And this, this is the crux of it in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this, since we've been talking about growth, it says the mature children of God. Isn't that what we all want to be? Isn't that why we're, we're wanting to grow? The mature children of God are only those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That, that is a measure of maturity. How often is my life led by the Holy Spirit telling me what to do? doesn't matter how many verses I memorized, how much money I gave, how many good deeds I did. Being moved by the Spirit is what identifies me as a mature son of God. So a practical step to grow is cultivating hearing the voice of God in your life. Asking His Holy Spirit to lead you. But you have to, you have to, have to. You have to know to recognize it. God's never going to tell you something that violates this book. You know, your, your name may not be in here specifically, but there are principles to order your life by. And there are things that you can recognize when he speaks to you that you know that's his voice. And here's the last one. We're going to close with this. Woo! I'm getting my, getting my boomy God voice on. God. The Holy Spirit's about to speak to you and lead you. And he sounds just like Pastor Chris with a boomy mic. So here's the third point to to make a practical decision to grow. Do something. Just do something. We we had it up here this morning when we were taking in members. God has given each of us a gift. And he gives it to us to use them. They aren't all the same. And just like you got fruit seeds to plant the fruit of the Spirit when you got saved, gifts come in seed format. They are are usually not fully developed, fully mature gifts when God gives them to you. They they are seeds. They are sparks. You know, if, if you think about the parable of the talents... Did the the landowner, did the guy when he was going away give them the full amount of money when he left? He gave them a seed. And it says, he says he gave one talent, five talents, ten talents. And what was his object? His object was, I want you to take what I've given you and cause it to grow. You take ownership of it and cause it to develop in your life. He expects to see increase. Everybody here has gifts. Everybody in this room. We even did a life lesson session about it. The gifts of the Spirit that we've been given. 
We need to start doing something to use them. Uh, this is Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. This is Paul's encouragement to Timothy. He says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The gift was a spark that was inside of Timothy. And Paul says, you can own this. You can fan it into flame and cause it to grow. How do you do that? Just by using it. That, that is the secret of growing in the gifts that God has given you. You begin to use them. You don't sit on them. You don't keep your seeds. You don't keep your sparks on the shelf. You begin to use them, and that causes them to grow and to be fanned into flame. God lights the spark, but we get to stoke the fire. And it happens when we step out and use our gifts. And there are opportunities to use gifts that come from being connected. I, I put this, this is my last graphic for the day. There's uh, Uncle Sam up there. And most of the people in this room, you aren't old enough to actually remember who Uncle Sam was and when he was really important. But he was the, I need you. We need you. We need you to step up and do something. And that, just like, just like Uncle Sam making that call for people, the church grows when people begin to use their gifts and grow. And there, you may be looking at it like, you know, where is the place to use my gift? You know what? I, this is true for most churches. Most churches don't go like, well, we ought to. I guess, I guess we should. Most churches, though, you could go sit there and nobody's going to come up to you and say, hey, what would you like to do to serve the Lord? It's like they wait to see and watch. Like, hey, what gifts do we see coming out of you guys? Oh, you know, I've, I've seen you worshiping. You know, you, you really love to worship, man. We, that, that's like a sign that you may need to be on the worship team or that, that we may have something for you to do. I don't, I'm just giving an example. I don't know what it really would look like. But it's because people see you using your gift first, not sitting there waiting and not saying, well, here's, here's my resume with my gift list on it. We start to use the gifts, and then they begin to grow, and they get recognized, and they get... And, Put into the wall somewhere. They get built into the fabric of the church. There's a place for each of us to do something. It causes us to grow. All right, let's go ahead and stand. We're gonna we're gonna dismiss and get out today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are causing us to grow. <laughs> uh, I want to pray for you, but. After I dismiss everybody, we're going to have some, some people praying at the, at the front this morning. Uh, there are some things that we need to do to grow. And I gave us just three practical steps today. Honestly, they, they weren't rocket science. You probably knew some of those already. But I just encourage you this morning, if you want prayer this morning, you're, you're trying to figure out, Lord, I, I'm not very good at hearing your voice. I just need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit to know and to sense your presence, to know what that feels like. Come up and get prayer this morning. Have somebody pray and ask God to, to breathe upon your life in that way. If, if there are things that... Here's another great thing to get prayer for this morning. If you've never owned something in your life and you've been going through life like you're a victim, just, hey, my growth, the things I do are contingent upon somebody else, there's an opportunity just to come up front this morning and say, Lord, it stops here. I just want somebody to stand with me in prayer and say, hey, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm going to own my stuff and I'm going to grow this year. And then also, if you need healing in your body this morning, you have pain, disease, whatever it is, come get some prayer this morning because God is a God of miracles. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the people assembled in this room this morning. God, we have a heart to grow into all that you desire for us to be. Like Christ in every way, Ephesians says. Lord, that's, that's our goal. That's our desire. 
to become just like you in every way. Lord, I ask that you would bless each person here. Lord, increase our discernment, our ability to hear your voice, to know what you're saying, to know where you're leading in our lives. God, we choose right now to put aside any excuses and any victim mentality. And we say we, we will own our own growth, Lord God. We will be responsible for us. I can't control anybody else but what goes on in me. So I'll own it, Lord God, and I'll ask you right now, help. Help me grow, God. Lord, bless each one of us as we leave this place today. I thank you that we don't go from this place alone, but your very presence goes with us. Your spirit fills us. You are actually living your life inside of us. Keep us mindful of that at all times, Lord. Bless us as we leave this place. Let your goodness and your mercy continue to follow us, Lord. Let your hand be upon us. Let the the favor of your face, of your countenance, Lord God, shine upon our lives. Lord, bless each person as they leave this place today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed and free to go unless you want to come up front and get prayer from somebody this morning. But otherwise, have a great afternoon. Love you guys. Blessings on you.